Hi, welcome to the Jiu-Jitsu Oracle. I am here with ADCC European Trials over 99 kilo division champion, Mark McQueen. How are we doing? How's things? I'm, I'm good, I'm good. How does it feel hearing that? You tired of it yet? No, no, definitely not. It, it, it's, it's weird, it's like, I don't know, I did, I did, I definitely thought going into the competition, I was like, I, I, I definitely think I can win this. You know, based off of everyone that was going, I was, I was like, you know, I definitely think I can beat everyone here. I definitely think I can win. But then, it's once it's actually happened, you then, you know, you're like, you're like, yeah, it's hard to take in. I don't know. Like going into it, I felt like I knew I could win, but then since it's happened, I'm almost more in disbelief. Um, it's weird, um, but it feels good. Feels great. Good. So just for anyone who's not aware or is tuning in for the first time, the Jiu-Jitsu Oracle is a podcast that I, Ross McTavish, coach at SBG Aberdeen, do with my teammate, Callum Burke. Um, and we've been reviewing and previewing all the big shows in Jiu-Jitsu since the start of the year. So get into our back catalogue, see what we've done, like, follow, subscribe, all that good stuff. This is our first interview. What an interview guest to have on. Mark's just fresh off the ADCC trials. And he's still in Croatia where the trials took place on Saturday. So, Mark, what happened there? Yeah, so me and my girlfriend were meant to be flying home and there was a strike on our airline. And um, we basically got put onto a flight on Wednesday. And, and that was it. They were just like, you know, you're flying to Wednesday on Wednesday and that was it. See you later. So we had to get some emergency accommodation and we're still here. Um, but... You know, and my, my girlfriend said this too, but it was like, thank God we won because it's you can almost take it on the chin. You know, yeah. like, okay, oh, it doesn't matter. But like, if we hadn't have won and that happened, it would have, you know, been a different story. You'd have been stewing. Oh, fuming. Absolutely fuming. So you've not got any training in since the competition. It's very much unlike you. No, I know. To be fair, um, leading, leading into the competition, like, you know, with how much... I've been like been training and just like I was like after the competition I need a few days off because like for the last month we into the competition I genuinely felt almost brain dead majority of the day I was like I actually feel like I just couldn't even think I was so exhausted so a few days off is actually pretty you know pretty well. A source tells me you might have declared yourself as the world's sorest man on the day after the competition. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, so I didn't sleep a single like, at all on the Saturday night. Um, like, didn't didn't go out and do anything, but like, just like, was in my bed with my girlfriend and like, just couldn't sleep. I was just so like wired. And then on Sunday morning, genuinely, I think I was the sorest man that's ever existed. I don't think anyone has ever been as sore as that. So let's talk about the the tournament first and how it played out. So you're a buy in the first round, the round of sixteen. Yep. And then your your first match was against Jonas Maxson. I'm gonna have yeah. a go at the pronunciation. Do you remember much about that match, Mark? Uh, yeah, so good into that. So I, I knew I knew who he was. He had a match with um with uh, Dan from from New Wave uh, in the last trials. Um and uh, you know, lost by points to Dan, but you know, there's obviously no shame in that at all. Uh, and looked looked really really good. Um, he's enormous. Uh, like I'm like six foot 
two and a half, six foot three, and weighed in at like 125 kilos. And he like stood like a good two, three inches taller than me and was like quite a bit, you know, bigger, I would say. Um, he was enormous, but I also knew that he was actually really good at jiu-jitsu. Like he pulls guards, leg locks. Um, so I knew that was going to be a really tough match. Um, and, uh, you know, but the good news is going into that, since the last trials, I've been like working um, on, you know, leg locks has been like the, the absolute priority for like, you know, the last five months since trials. So I felt comfortable going into it. I felt comfortable going into it. Um, and that was good. That was good. Uh, I was, you know, I, I, I got a takedown early on and then I passed his guard. Uh, I passed his guard in the first, the first half. Uh, so there was no points. Um, and then, like, you know, the, the kind of last half was mostly um, him turtling and me trying to, you know, I was, you know, I was, I was kind of hesitant to try and take his back because I felt like... Um, you know, he was he was definitely going to try and enter legs from from back take, so I was more trying to break him down from it. Uh, and then I went to overtime, and then I got another takedown in overtime, passed his guard, um, and then he managed to get back to his feet. And then I think the last minute and a half, I think I snapped him down. I think through not the I don't know if the folks happened saw it, but like I snapped him down, and he went like flying off the map and like through like the announcers table and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, the last minute was pretty sloppy, um, you know, because I was like, well, I'm three up and I'm winning pretty convincingly here. So you, I, I, in my head, I was just like, you're the one that needs to, you're the one that needs to push, you know, it's, it's, it's pressure's on you. Um, so I just kind of let him make a few mistakes and he got a couple of negatives. Um, so yeah, so he, he was very, very good. He has, you know, for someone like, you know, you know, obviously the, with someone that size, you know, to like be that good at jiu-jitsu shows like, you know, very very intelligent with his training and and what he's doing and you said a lot of your prep going into this trials was focused on the leg locks yeah so i feel like um you know so obviously after the last trials so after the last trials obviously like i had my um my ankle or leg or both broken um and uh, to be honest i couldn't really do very very much for the first first eight weeks since trials I really couldn't do very much so I couldn't couldn't wrestle really at all um couldn't couldn't do very much so I pretty much just sat in leg entanglements on my good leg um and uh you, yeah just kind of worked on that and and to much was even limited there because I couldn't really even get to my feet so you know I, I was doing what I could my best um and then yeah just every single day just been sitting in you know different leg entanglements you know from you know all the way to like you know, end stage where, like, you know, maybe they've got the heel or, the you know, like, double trouble from the saddle or, you know, just, you know, lost different leg entanglements. Um, so that has been a big goal. And then, like, and then it got to maybe the last kind of four or five weeks leading into trials. I was like, right, I'm feeling good about that. Made a lot of improvements. I'm going to definitely keep doing this, but I think for the next four to five weeks, I now need to kind of prioritise what I'm... Because I'm not wanting to go to sit in leg entanglements, so like, I need to kind of make sure that what I want to do is up to scratch too. Um, so it, it was, you know, probably the biggest factor going into it because, you know, I knew that he was a leg locker and then obviously, like, Oscar Spells was there. He's a leg locker. I knew Freddie is and then also even, like, Jet Hugh. So I was really pleased that, I, you know, I kind of made that investment. And obviously, you know, I'm not now like, oh, I'm good at legs. Now I'm further into that. And like, you know, it's still going to be a huge priority going forwards, but definitely the last five months, like, that's been my biggest investment in the in the gym so far. Yeah, you mentioned Oscar Spells there. So he 
managed to beat you at the last trials with a yeah. leg lock. I thought you two might have been on a collision course to meet. Me too. But I was expecting. Yeah. I was. I was expecting to have him in my second match personally. Yeah, but you didn't. No. And you had Francis Pinotti Pana, I think, yeah. a Frenchman. Franco Pana, yeah. Franco Pana, right. He's a big lad. <laughs> I knew stylistically. I thought he was going to be most difficult for me. Um, he's enormous. Uh, very, very sweaty, very slippy. You know, doesn't wear rash guards. So very slippy. Um, and is quite quite clever with his wrestling. Um, you know, he, he one thing that I think he does very well is he takes shots that aren't shots, but it makes him look like he's busy and active. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so like he, he'll like kind of fake a double leg to make it look like he's busy and active, um, but he's not committing enough to take you down, uh, and he's not committed enough for you to even sprawl on him, you know, because he, you know, he doesn't really lower his level enough. So you basically got to block it and then circle and go back. So he's very, very tricky that way because going into that match, I, I was like, you know, most majority of my wrestling is, is, is upper body and it's like from underhooks and stuff. Um, but yeah. like after 60, 60, 90, 120 seconds, um, I found like there's, a, you know, so sweaty, so slippery, there's no grips. Um so I knew stylistically he was going to be very, very hard, and I knew that what I was worried about was was he is very good at making himself look active, but without you know without actually really committing um, a shot. Uh, earlier on in the in the in the match, uh, I made a mistake, and then I tried to go for a throw. He got to turtle, um, but I was pretty pretty quickly able to like kind of grab out, and then and then kind of there's we scramble and get out. Um, and yeah, one thing I, I one thing I was a little bit confused about for the match was he he must have went out of bounds about honestly. I mean, I, I lost count how many times, and it was quite difficult because he would the, the result there was such little commitment, and he's just going backwards. It's very hard to actually wrestle and take someone down. that's just going backwards and going out of bounds, and just constantly getting pushed out of bounds and out of bounds. And it got to a point where the referee had two words with him: "Was like you keep going out of bounds, we're going to we're, we're going to give you." Um, like you know, a negative or warnings and stuff. They they never came, um, but you know it was definitely you know pretty. In my opinion, a pretty rubbish match. Um, you know, I, I didn't. It's definitely something I would enjoy watching or watching back. Pretty rubbish match, but um, I think one thing I knew going into this is like at the end of the day, you know, I I just need to win this. I need to win this match, and I'm not here to, you know, I'm not here to look exciting or you know have crazy matches. I'm here to first and foremost win. If I can have great matches, that's you know that's great. But like with someone like him, who's very tricky, very difficult, uh, I'm like I just need to beat this guy uh, and get the win. And just you know, I remember you know I know we spoke about this before. And I remember listening to like Owen Livesey on his podcast, and one thing that he said um, that was great is you know sometimes you just need to pull a win out of your arse. You just need to pull a win out of somewhere. Um, and I feel I did that. So yeah. Not not happy in terms of the quality of grappling during the match, but definitely happy that I could I could get a win. I saw your appeal to the desk a couple of times that, um, you know, your opponent kept going out of bounds and and there was no there was no uh, penalty point appearing, even though the ref did have a couple of words. Um, as it got later in the match, I thought it was your ability to come forward that really turned it in your favour. Um, you know, because earlier in the match, like you said, he managed to sort of make you four point and then have to wrestle back to your feet, yeah. strip the grips, and then wrestle again from there. So 
um, you know, the, the judges would have considered that action early on when they're getting to their final decision. But I thought the last the last part of the match, which I think is weighted quite heavily in EDCC as to like who's pushing the action near the end. With yeah. a lot of you forward and forcing out of bounds. And I just want to take uh, a moment to, I thought it was your cardio that, that came through. I just want to take a moment to talk about your cardio because I know you do a lot of work on it, yeah. especially on the floor. So can you enlighten people to some of what you do for that? Yeah, so I, I definitely think um, 100% it was it was the cardio that won me that because I feel like as every minute went on, uh, I felt like he was getting weaker and weaker and I felt as well, mentally, I felt like he was dwindling. You know, one point, I don't know if you can see the camera, but he like slapped himself in the face and streamed in my face full it was very weird, very, very weird. Um, and when he did it, I was like, yeah, you're you're gone. Because, like, you know, you're having to, like, will something out of yourself here. I'm like, you're fucking gone. It's like you're going out of bounds about 40 times. And, you know, like, screaming in my face. I don't know if it was, like, to try and intimidate me or something like that. Yeah. But, like, um, I think uh, cardio-wise, I, yeah, I'm a huge, huge proponent of that. And I think... Uh, you know, it's it's so it's so crucial because it's like fatigue. Fatigue will, you know, fatigue makes cowards out of everybody. And I feel like you know, like especially our weight class and being our size, you know, I think like just grappling alone probably isn't enough for your cardio. So me personally, right now, I'm doing uh, two days uh, solely, you know, dedicated to two or two cardio sessions solely dedicated to that. So I do ten by five hundred meters on the rowing machine. Um, so basically, on all concept twos, it's like a built-in interval. So you, you basically roll 500 meters, and then you have a minute break. Do that 10 times. Uh, and then the other one I do is seven miles for time on the assault bike. So basically, again, that's like an inbuilt interval. Uh, and it's basically just seven miles, and you're just doing it for as quickly as you can. Um, and that's the two main sources of card I'm doing right now. Another one that I have done um, is 30 minutes uh, continuous. So basically, just 30 minutes continuous on the rolling machine. Um, so that's the kind of three main things that I do, but right now I'm doing the 10 by 500 meters on the row machine and the uh, assault bike seven miles of time. But yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. I think in the the kind of the first six minutes, I mean, he, you know, he, he capitalized on my mistake and had the most, you know, dominant position for sure. Um, but I do think what kind of tipped it and what ruined it for him was. He just kept backing up and going out of bounds and backing up and going out of bounds. Uh, and I just kept pressing forwards. And I think the one thing that, that got it for me was, like, literally with, like, I think it was, like, 15 seconds to go. Uh, I managed to, like, elbow post and get to, like, a body lock. And, like, we ran out of bounds. And, we, again, we, like, hit, like, the announcer's table. So they separated it. So I didn't get the takedown from it. But I feel like that's what probably kind of tipped it towards you, towards me. But it was a close match. And I, and I do think it, it could have went either way. You mentioned the cardio work you do. Just for anyone looking on, Mark runs his own strength, conditioning, coaching, online business. Obviously, you've got a background in powerlifting, which um, a lot of people know about now that you managed to win the Worlds at powerlifting. Um, Quite a few guys at SBG Aberdeen work with you on their... um, I don't... Like, how do you feel about it being called like strength and conditioning? I know some people like prefer other terms for what they do, but uh, yeah, online coaching, shall we say? Yeah, so I mean, it's like it's like it's like online coaching for 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 people's lifting and and and, and strength and conditioning. Yeah, I, I I don't mind the term strength and conditioning. I've been I've been called much worse, 
So there we yeah, go. No, but anyone yeah. looking on who wants to uh, to work with Mark, give him a shout. I know you're also working with Ben Bennett. Uh, yes, who did very well. The trials got second place oh. at under eighty eight. Yeah, Ben Ben's matches were ridiculous. Um, he had six. She had seven matches total, and his obviously so six matches, and then he had the final. And of his six matches, I, I don't think any of them went longer than a couple of minutes. Um, and uh, I think in the semi-finals or the quarter-finals, he had a go-go platter. Um, you, you, and to be doing that at that level is, you know, you don't see that really, do you? It's ridiculous. So anyone looking on, interested in uh, strength conditioning, thoroughly recommend Mark. Also, worth uh, just dropping that you're a scrambled-sponsored athlete, I believe. Yes. Yeah. We'll get that in now. Keep them happy. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so after that match, I was watching the stream and then I could hear your name being called to come to the map for your next match. And I thought, I know. my goodness, this is very quick. Like, you'd only had like five minutes rest. So can you just tell us what was happening there? Yeah, so very weird. So basically, I had my first match, which went nine minutes. And then I had an hour's break. We had my night, my match with Franco Panna, which went nine minutes. And then Jean Maltese, who I had a match with for the TKC uh, Total Combat Championship title, um, heavyweight title, a year ago. So I did with him, and he is world class. He's amazing. So he went on, and he subbed this guy in like 30 seconds. Uh, and then they basically called us to the match. So I had like five minutes or six minute break. So I was obviously had nine minutes with Franco Pana and it was exhausted and like, you know, just drenched. And he he, he was really fresh, but he was fresh because he subbed his guy, so fair play, like that, you know, that's not his problem. And then we went on, yeah, and only had six minute break. And so that was and again, like based off what he said earlier, like I was like kissing every start, lucky start I had that I've had like I've invested so much time in, in my cardio because Again, I think, you know, like, I think to go nine minutes with a five-minute break and then nine minutes again with, you know, these calibre people. Because, like, Franco Pan is, like, a black belt world champion. Um, you know, he's black belt world champion. Uh, Eugene Maltese has just recently got his black belt, but he's, like, you know, medaled the Euros and Worlds and brown belt and is phenomenal. Um, and, again, that was a that was a hard match against him. Uh, I was deaf. I was exhausted. I was, I was tired for it. But... Um, yeah, definitely, like, all the cardio that had been done, you know, it, it saw me through. Did someone have to come and find you? Or did you just hear your name over the announcement? We, we, I was literally sitting uh, on the thing, mate, and one of them came up and said, you're on in three minutes. So so, so me, 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 me and my girlfriend went to the hall and hid. So I hid where they were calling me because um, I, was, I was trying to get, like, a few more minutes. Um and uh, they came and found me and they're like, you need to go. And I'm like, we've only had like three minutes. He's like, okay, you got two more minutes. And, it, and then came back and uh, was like, you got 50 seconds. I think like, you do anything for me? And he's like, no, if you don't go there, you will, you will be disqualified. So I was like, okay, well, it was worth a try. Yeah. Um. So you got through that match and then it was Freddie Vosgrown in the final. When Calum and I did our, our preview of the division, we highlighted you and Freddie as two we favoured to go pretty deep um how you got a long break this time yeah two hours before the yeah, match very long how's that it's, it's difficult right getting a short break and then a very long break yeah it was like one hour then a six minute break and then like two hours or two hours 15 minutes 
So, yes. Yeah, quite difficult, but I was very pleased for that because I felt like that two-hour break, I was able to, like, really hydrate myself, get some food in, and uh, I felt good going into the finals. So, although it was a long break, I actually did quite like it. And the match itself, um, I said to someone who was also watching that on the stream, I was like, Lark will be good if he's on top, but he's just got to watch Freddie's deep half because Freddie's ability to sweep from there is amazing. And I think he showcased it in an earlier match. And I could see in the match, so you managed to get top position, we're working your passes, a lot of body work, block passing, but Freddie was trying to suck your leg in back to half guard. And as I was watching the match, I don't know whether you felt this during it, but I was like, oh, it would be a terrible shame if all Mark's good work on top was undone by a sweep where Mark hasn't scored points for a clean pass, but Freddie gets a sweep and gets two points to his name for being able to come off on top. So did you feel during the match as you were working your passing that like that was a game you were trying to play? Um, so, yeah, I knew he wanted to go underneath me, um, but uh, I honestly felt no threat of being swept. Uh, at any point, um, there was a couple of times he he he, he 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 tried to go to deep pass, but I didn't feel like um, there was there was any. I didn't feel at any point I was worried about getting swept. Um, my plan was the minute I touched him, I was like, I know I can wrestle you, and I know I can take you down. And then I figured out he wants me to take him down, and I was and I was like, well, I want to I want to take you down, but I was like, I want to take you down and get rewarded for it. Yeah, just so just for people who might not know the way the points work, first portion, first half of the match, I think in the final it was eight minutes, maybe, so yeah. the first four minutes is not scored. It's not scored. So then if you take him down, you get no reward for it. Exactly. So I was, so I knew I could take him down. Um, and then I was like, oh, there's underhooks everywhere here. And then I was like, he's giving me underhooks everywhere here. He wants me to take him down. Um, and I was like, well, fuck you, I'm not taking you down because you want me to do it. I'm going to take you down and get rewarded for it. Um, so there was a few times he hit a couple of shots. And Freddie's rest was really good. But his shot, he, you know, he, didn't, he just wanted to go to the floor. So I backed up and I was like, you know, get up. You're not, you're not just getting to pull guard. You're not getting a free guard pull. And I don't know what happened, but I felt like he pulled guard. He never got an active for it. Um, I, he, he I, I wondered... I wondered how he got on the ground. I don't. He took a shot, and then he went a turtle, and I backed off. And yeah. then he just, he stayed in turtle for like another two seconds, and then he pulled guard. But what the the, the rules are, the, the 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 rules are if 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 we are both standing, and and an opponent turtles, if I back off, he has to get back to his feet, or he gets or he gets done for. He, he, he managed to pull guard off of it. Now, maybe it's me not understand the rules. That's definitely a possibility. But he didn't get punished, and he was, and I was like, right, cool, now I need to work my guard passing. So, my thought was, um, I want to make him carry every ounce of my weight, and I want to give him absolutely no space, and I want to, um, you know, I want to pressure pass, I want to body lock, I want to camp, and I want to just exhaust him. Um, and then... He was very, very good, very, very disciplined, very, very good. There was a couple of times I got really, really close to passing, uh, and then he like counteracted, he like going to the path and stuff. Um, and then he went to close, and then he got he put me in close guard, uh, and uh, and I knew he was going to enter my leg, trying to enter my legs off close guard. Um, so I was like, right, I just want thirty seconds, 
steady myself, you know, just get get my breath, steady myself. Um, so I'm like, I need to stand up here. And then one thing that I, 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 I've been, I, I do a lot in the gym uh, is when people have been closed guard, is when I stand up and when I break it, I look, I look especially with my, my brother, he tries to wrestle up and then I basically like, will, will shoot an underhook and pass off of that wrestle up. And, and that is literally exactly what happens. Uh, you said you wanted them to carry your weight. Did you put on any size going into this? Um, yeah, a wee bit. Not, not, not. I thought you looked slightly, slightly bigger in a good way. But I thought, yeah, I thought you were. You were big. So, so I, I've basically had this issue over the past couple of years of, I've like, tried to get a little bit bigger, because you know just like some of the sizes, some of them, and then I see the weight on the scales go up, and then I start to, like kind of doubt myself and get worried that my cardio and I'm not really fit enough and then I go down and wait and then I'm like right my fitness feels great but I, I maybe just don't feel quite heavy enough for like these guys that are like you know Franco Panis size and then going into this uh, I was like you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to just eat food and I'm going to eat enough that I feel to fuel myself properly recover from my sessions and I'm just going to you know do my cardio with a little weights and if I'm getting stronger in the gym and my cardio is getting better I don't care what says in the scale. So uh, basically, that's it. And then when I stepped on the scale, I was 125 kilos for for this. So yeah, that's the that's the heaviest I've ever, I've ever been for grappling. So I put on about uh, about five kilos since the last trials. Um, so probably five kilos from the last trials, maybe a little bit less. Um, but it, it wasn't not intentional. But like it wasn't like a huge goal. It was just like I'm just going to make sure I eat enough and properly fuel myself. And recover from my sessions, um, and yeah, definitely was the biggest I've been in this. But with with Freddie, obviously, you know he he's I don't know if people maybe know that or see, but like he is an absolute tank. Like when you see him, like the trials, like he's just like no neck. He's just like a ball of muscle. Like he's a real tank. But um, I definitely felt I had the like the size and the athleticism and the strength advantage. Um, so, and especially with being on top, I was just like, I'm going to make him carry my weight, especially if this does go to overtime, I want him to be exhausted. So then you won the match, 3-0, you got a pass in overtime near the end. And then how many people have asked you about your celebration? <laughs> yeah, a lot. Um, a lot. Although, very, very overwhelmingly positive. Everyone seems to love it. There was a, I was watching the Flow Grappling uh, review of the event that was on uh, yesterday, and they 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 were impressed with the double salute that you put to the crowd. But, uh, did they like it? They did like it. Yeah. <laughs> so just for just for anyone who didn't see it, marked one, and then you know, channeled a bit of Stone Cold Steve Austin, and 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 two middle fingers went up to the crowd, and then and then then they went away, and you you went and you know, spent some time with your girlfriend and your teammates and your coach yeah. and all that that were over there. So it was very quick. But um, I think you've said before that uh, you were getting noised up before the match and it was just yeah. a response to that. Yeah, so well, basically, uh, as we're both walking out, overwhelmingly everyone's shouting up for Freddie. Um, you know, my you know my, my girlfriend, also a few teammates and stuff were there. Um, and people I train with and, and, and Mark Walsh and stuff but other than that pretty much the majority of people um, were sure were chanting for Freddie or that was my perception of it anyway uh, and then basically uh, as I was walking out there was a group of 
a few guys on his side of the, not his corner, wasn't his corner, but like that area, and like one of them shouted like "fuck this guy, Freddy," or it was some, it was something like that. So I was just like, "Well, fuck you right back," basically. <laughs> yeah. So then you won. Well done. Yep. Dream come true. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I think you posted either yesterday or today that um, for anyone who doesn't know, you mentioned it before, you won the world's powerlifting title. And you were yeah. saying maybe this even tops that? It, 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 it genuinely does. So that is thing I remember it was back in 2017. Uh, I, I won world, the world championships in IPF. And, um, you know, that was like, you know, my like lifelong dream leading into that. Uh, and, um, I remember when I won it, I was just like, nothing's, nothing's ever going to be as good as that, or nothing's going to top that, or nothing's going to mean as, as much as that. And then I remember, especially when I like stopped it, and I thought competing and competing competitively in powerlifting, uh, I remember, yeah, I kind of almost like, you know, longed for something else to, you know, something, you know, from a sporting sense to kind of mean that much. Um, but honestly, I would I would say this 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 does mean as much. And honestly, I would say it, me, it actually means a little bit more. And I would say um, this this top to I definitely do. Um, it definitely feels it definitely feels that way. And I think as well, um, I feel like one of the things is maybe better for leading into this is it's, it was a much more difficult road. You know, so like my first trials, I got put out um, in the second round. Uh, the trials, you know, the trials last September, I had like my leg broken, um, you know, against Big Dan, I lost to him. So, yeah, you know, I felt like um, leading into, there was a lot more, you know, adverse, not adversity, that's probably not the right word, but, you know, a, a lot more difficulties, uh, and I felt like it was a lot more difficult, whereas with powerlifting, it was a bit more, a bit more, maybe, maybe I had things my way a lot more in powerlifting, Um if that makes sense, so maybe that's why I felt this was a little bit sweeter. Maybe it is a little bit more difficult. Um, it's probably why, but yeah, no, I, it definitely feels like it topped it. Well, perhaps, is it fair to say that grappling's a sport with a sort of more difficult skill acquisition than yeah. powerlifting? So what you've had to go through to get yourself to the place where you can compete against the guys who you're now competing against is massive strides over the last, what, four or five years now of yeah, so it's, it's like, it's like, I, I, I started training, uh, it'll be like five years in May, I think, five years in May. And it was just a little hobby after you finished powerlifting. That was, you took it over. That was genuinely, I remember, because me, me and my friends laughed with that, because I remember, I literally said to them, I was like, yeah, like, this is never going to be like powerlifting, I'm not going to allow it to come like powerlifting, and it's just a wee hobby, something to do, don't even know if I'm going to like it blah 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 and and now it's the demands of it are so much more because with powerlifting honestly just trained like four times a week um you know that you didn't really need to do and now i do that in like a day uh so yeah the demands are far far higher and now you're off to vegas for the finals in august yes yeah yeah that's pretty mad that's pretty another mad. another hurdle for you though which i'm sure you'll embrace in your usual way Yes, no, it will, it'll be awesome. But that is the thing, like, it is important to realise, especially with myself, like, my, my goal is not just to be like, oh, I could be the ADCC once, 
Um, now, obviously, like, it's not being defeatist or anything, but it's just being realistic. Like, you know, the, the goal isn't I'm going to go and win ADCC, and the, my, my first goal when I've only been training for, like, five years. Um, you know, it's, 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 there's no there's no defeatist attitude there. It's just being realistic. But it is very important for, my, for myself to remember that my goal isn't just to be like, oh, I remember that time I went to ADCC. Um, you know, like, I, yeah, I want, you know, it's, it's, it's something that um, it's going to be great to go this year. And obviously I'm going to give it everything I've got, but I, I want to actually, you know, be able to hang with these guys and do well and actually make a, a statement to, to myself. Um, and, you know, I, I'm, you know, especially for heavyweights, you know, I've probably got another 10, 10 years in front of me um, towards my prime, honestly. So uh, I've got a lot more chances for sure. Yeah, like you said, you mentioned before you you'd have you'd had a match with Big Dan. That that was a grapple fest. Yep. Um but that's that's now the the step, isn't it? Going going to the, the world championships, facing guys like Big Dan and hopefully getting to the place where you can beat them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that is a hundred percent the goal. So another little note is that you're Scotland's first ever qualifier for the ADCC World Championships. So that's a that's a nice accolade to have, and um, a good bit of inspiration for all the other Scottish grapplers that are coming through. So, well done on that. Thank you, thank you. No, yeah, I get. So, I was Scotland's first powerlifting world champion in IPF, um, and then first that. So yeah, that's quite cool. That's not not bad. Yeah, and I just want to take a minute um, as we're we're wrapping up to just uh, touch on what you've put in to get the level you're now at um callum and i on our previous show were chatting about um our experience of training with you so mark um originally from glasgow and uh has done most of his training through his uh time doing jiu-jitsu at mnbjj under marcos nardini but came up to uni for a couple of years in aberdeen and, and spent some time when he was in aberdeen training at sbg um and we were saying though it's when you were here it wasn't just training with us, it was reaching out, finding where the great people were that you could access. You went up to SVG Murray and Elgin uh, for their wrestling classes and got a lot from their wrestling coach, Nico, and guys like Kevin McAloon that are on the map yep. wrestling. Um, you, were con- you were going back down to Glasgow at weekends. Um, I know in Glasgow, you don't just limit yourself to like training at uh, Marcos's. You'll, you'll go to places where you can get wrestling partners and, and put the work in. So... I think at one point, Callum suggested you were doing about 500 miles a week in your car going around training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would people, so. Yeah, I would like drive. Yeah, probably even more. Like on a on a Monday, I would be in a in Aberdeen. Uh, on a Tuesday, I would drive up to Elgin, and then I would drive home from Elgin, and then I would drive to SBG in Aberdeen and train there, and then I'd go from there. I'd go to the gym, uh, and then. Um, on a Wednesday, I would drive home uh, to Glasgow. Uh, yeah, I worked out. It was something like I was training at like six or seven j- different gyms every single week. Um, at one point, you know, I'd even drive. Even some th- some Thursdays, I was driving through to uh, is it Peter Peter Head? Is that Peter right? Head. Yeah, Peter Head. Peter Head. His Nico was going through there to to. He was teaching a wrestling car through there, so I'd basically just follow Nico around the retro. Um, so yeah, oh no, I was probably doing like five to six hundred miles every single week. Um, but I think that's what you've got. 
No, I just think that I just I I, I in, in my opinion, I think if you if you have a goal, um, you've it's just as simple as you just got to lay out what you've got to do, and you you just got to do it. I I act, I, I do think for the majority of really high achievers in every aspect of life, I think the majority of them probably aren't actually as special as you think they are. Um, I don't think they have something special. I think it is just a case of they're actually just willing to just sit down and be like, this is what I need to do. Just crack on and, and, and do it. And whether you're tired or sore or unhappy or it doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't regardless of how you feel, you just got to, today's Tuesday, I've got to drive to Elgin and then I've got to drive to SVG Aberdeen and then I've got to go in my face. It's just the way it is. I think that's one thing that you have taken into your grappling that even although you're uh, lesser experience in the amount of years of actual grappling than, than some of the guys you go up against, you've already hit an elite level at one sport and you know what it takes to get there. So you've applied that to your jiu-jitsu very quickly after realising that it wasn't just going to be a hobby for you. Yeah. Yeah, no, I absolutely uh, ruined that, the hobby aspect. But no, that that's it, because it was the same with powerlifting. The requirements for powerlifting are much less... Um, you know, like the requirements are maybe a bit worse outside the gym with the amount of eating and stuff you've got to do. But um, it was the same with Perth. I was just like, this is what I've got to do. This is my day. I've got to do. And it's just the same for that. I just, this is what I've got to do. And then you just got to crack on and do it. Um, and yeah, and I think I think that is honestly what separates, you know, hitting goals and not. And I'm not saying, you know, um, you know, people at the top of a sport maybe aren't genetically gifted in some aspects. But I think honestly, I think, People would be surprised if you're actually just willing to just be like, "This is what I got to do," and and, and just doing it every single day, where regardless of how you feel, uh, I think people would be surprised at what they could actually, you know, achieve. And what's in the diary on the lead up to the the worlds now in uh, Las Vegas? Have you got anything else planned, or are you just going to focus entirely on that? Um, not, nothing like set in stone now, but I mean, I, for the last two and a half years, I've pretty much been competing almost every single month. Uh, I've not, uh, you know, since September last year, I didn't compete in January, but that's because I couldn't because my legs. Um, but then I've this year so far, I had I'm pumped in January, I trials in February. Just crack on, keep doing what I'm doing. Just keep, keep, you know, keep active and just try and get a competition every month. All right, and then enjoy the rest of what Croatia has to offer you. Thank you very much, and thanks to my girlfriend, very, very patiently sitting next to me. <laughs> oh, hi, Rachel. <laughs> this is this is going to be the life now dealing with a superstar grappler you know all these interviews and media requests we've already had people stopping us for photos as well in Croatia we got out of our taxi and uh, a guy went you won yesterday I said yes yeah. she went can I get a photo please <laughs> <laughs> but um, Ra- Rachel is the, is the unsung hero of a lot of this with the amount of yeah. food the amount of food I have to eat and be cooked for me. Training Eating steak at two in the morning and training three, four times a day and bringing her along to all my sessions and traveling to Croatia and cooking me and getting stuck in Croatia. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, good on you, Rachel. Your efforts have been uh, worth it, I would yeah, say. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and it, it takes a village to raise a child, eh, Mark? So it does. It sure does. No, it does not. Genuinely, like, yeah, couldn't do it. Couldn't do it without her. Awesome. Oh well, we'll catch up with you again before you uh, 
head off to Vegas, no doubt, and see how your training's going, and all the best for any other matches that you end up doing before then. Thanks very much, mate. And, and as well, thank you for all of your help over the last couple of years as well. No uh, problem. Aberdeen, what a place. Well, it was great to have you in the gym, and we I learned a lot from training with you and uh, seeing how you go about your business. So, And I'm glad all your dedication's paid off. No, thank you very much, mate.